What's going on, everybody? Welcome to episode 62 of the Deep Ball Gridiron Edition. I'm your host, Anthony Paolo, joined, of course, by my callers, Corey Lickman and Core. We take about a week and a half off, man. The NFL offseason is in full swing with free agency. I mean, there was a bunch of crazy news coming out, obviously, with all the signings. I mean, then you had Tom Brady saying he's coming back, had a blockbuster trade again. I mean, again, the NFL core, it just reigns supreme. It's crazy how no other sport can ever have its spotlight. I know like NCAA basketball is going on right now, and then the NFL is just like this hold up. We got our major news. We got to get to that. So, core, of course, we're going to sit here. We're going to recap all the recent signings and trades and stuff like that within the past week. And I'm definitely excited to get into this one. There is a lot to talk about. Yeah, pay. I mean, NFL season's over for about for over a month now. But hey, it doesn't it doesn't stop the NFL from making making noise in their offseason. Ton of ton of crazy moves. A lot of quarterbacks on the move. Even. I mean, receivers on the move, just pretty crazy. So, yeah, definitely um, going to be a good episode to, to talk about. Yeah, and first we're going to start off with core news that's almost that. And at this point, really over a week old right now, Tom Brady goes on Twitter and says, you know what, I'm not finished yet. I'm coming back to Tampa Bay for my 23rd season. This was last Sunday. I believe that date on that was March 13th. I mean, Core, we both said that when he retired, it just like almost didn't seem right in the sense that he was walking away when he had some good football years ahead of him. And like as crazy as it is at 45 years old, but like he went out on top almost in the sense that he had, he was – what for, led the league in passing yards this year? Yes, he did lose in the division round of the playoffs, but he did lead a huge comeback in this game that ultimately came short. But I'm ecstatic for Tom Brady to be back. I remember even saying that I was like almost upset. It almost seemed like as crazy as we've had so much Tom Brady in our life court, we've kind of got robbed of a couple more years of him. So I'm definitely excited to see him back. Him going back to Tampa Bay, the way that the division looks too, you'd have to think the Buccaneers are clear favorites in the NFC South, even losing a couple pieces there. But uh, yeah, Brady, the greatest football player of all time, will be back for another football season. I am definitely excited to see him in a Bucs uniform again. Yeah, I don't know what this guy Brady's plan was. Like if he actually ever was like, I'm going to retire, or maybe he just like wanted to make this, more of his legacy, even though he, he's already established himself as the GOAT. I mean, uh, going to come back for year 23. Guy says he's got unfinished business. Guy's got seven rings. I think it just shows, like, the competitor and, and everything in Tom Brady. I mean, honestly, the memes about Tom Brady, like, being home, it's like Tom Brady's fourth day of, like, dropping off his kids at school, and, he, and he's got to come back to the NFL. But, yeah, I mean, all jokes aside – I think, yeah, I think the Bucks obviously turn right back into, I'd say right now, like top two team, top three team in the NFC. When you have Tom Brady, you're a Super Bowl contender. And yeah, it definitely felt a little weird just because the way he went out, like he lost in the divisional round and he led the league in passing yards and I think touchdowns. So like he was kind of going on, out on top, but he, he did lose in the divisional round and he, it was obvious he had a, a few more years of, uh, of good football in him. So, hey, at the time, it was kind of sad to see the GOAT go, but he fooled all of us. Now he's back. I expect him to, uh, to have the Bucks right there at the top of the NFL once again. Yeah, I mean, what's interesting, if you look back at kind of how his retirement news was leaked through guys like Adam Schefter, and I believe Jeff Darlington was the other one, it was almost like so like sudden in the sense that maybe Brady like wasn't 100% sure and maybe he wasn't like thrilled on the idea too of, other people announcing his retirement. You know what I mean? I don't think Brady necessarily wants this complete farewell tour. You know what I mean? Where he's going around and teams are taking pictures and giving him jerseys before games and stuff like that. But I do think 
Tom Brady for everything that he's given the game of football, he should at least be able to determine and announce on his own time when he wants to go out. So I, I do I think that played the complete factor? No, but I definitely think maybe there's a little bit of Brady there just wanting to go out when he truly does. I think also Brady sat around this past month and was really thinking like, you know what? Like I have two, maybe three years that I can actually compete. And then that's it. Like if Brady like were to sit out this year, right. And then be like, I miss it so much. I have to go back in. I mean, his body's only going to get older. You know what I mean? It's very difficult to take the year off and then go back in and really pick up at the level that, he sustained for 22 years of his career. So I think that that definitely had something to play that he was just like, I have some years left. Let me just take advantage of it now. And we'll put off the next chapter of my life to another day. And I guess that we're going to have to monitor this situation. I think that is it possible that this could be Brady's next year coming up? Maybe I do think, but honestly, I don't know. I, I got a feeling he's got two years left in him. I guess we're going to have to wait and see. We mentioned Tampa Bay in the NFC South. They also brought back Ryan Jensen, their center from last year. They also re-signed Carlton Davis, a big one. Chris Godwin was extended. He was going to be under contract, though. He had a franchise tag. Interesting signing. I thought they brought in Russell Gage from Atlanta. I like that signing. Russell Gage even said that Tom Brady reached out to him. So, I mean, that's awesome, right? Like, Russell Gage, a younger receiver in the league, kind of a dog, you know what I mean? Puts up some good numbers there in Atlanta. But now he's going to Tampa Bay to play with alongside Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. Definitely will be a good fit there. Also added Logan Ryan on the defensive side of the ball. Have to fill a couple more holes on guys that they lost. But overall, I think Tampa Bay is sitting pretty come 2022 core move on to the next quarterback domino really the biggest news if you ask me in the nfl this past week deshaun watson traded to the cleveland browns i mean core initial thoughts with the watson sweepstakes kind of there was a bunch of teams in on it first the browns were out now the browns are in i mean it was a haul that they gave up for him but i mean what do you think about just first the fit of deshaun watson in cleveland i mean i think right now i, I like the fit in Cleveland, I think anywhere he um he would have went, I think where it was an upgraded quarterback, I'd like to fit. I mean, obviously he he didn't play all of uh all of 2021, but obviously when he was playing, he, he was a top talent in Houston. I think Deshaun in Cleveland just um obviously they released Jarvis Landry, but just got Amari Cooper. So I don't know personally, I like what the Browns are doing this offseason. They got Amari Cooper for pretty for a pretty cheap deal in my opinion, like a six round pick. And yeah, you get Deshaun Watson. I think it makes them in the AFC. I'll put the Bengals first, but I don't know. I think personally, I think I think the Browns leapfrog the Ravens. I th- I think the Ravens are a good a good team, but I think the Browns getting Deshaun Watson definitely leapfrogs them to second in the AFC North right now. And yeah, I, I mean the AFC is just so stacked. But I don't know. I think like we said, I think the Chiefs. The um the Bills, I'll put the Bengals there too. But after that, I'm not. The Browns can compete with with anyone in the AFC. So personally, I like the fit. I think Deshaun to Amari Cooper, um, gonna be pretty good. So yeah, I think I think Cleveland business is booming. I don't know what the plan is for for Baker Mayfield, but it's definitely an upgrade. And uh, I think the Browns definitely benefited. Yeah, listen, I'm definitely. We'll talk about where I think the Browns stand a little more in relation to the rest of the AFC in a little bit, but I kind of want to bring it just focused on Deshaun Watson here in Cleveland, because I mean, this is a superstar quarterback that they're getting. I know obviously all the off the field stuff, it's starting to kind of hash itself out. Definitely. We'll be curious to see if a suspension is levied upon Deshaun Watson, but 
taking that out of like context and just, just the football player, Deshaun Watson. I mean, again, you're getting an arguably top five quarterback in the fo- National Football League with the offensive line that they have there, the run game, Amari Cooper, they bring in to be their number one receiver. I mean, this is the most talent Deshaun Watson's going to be playing with. Even in Houston, when he had DeAndre Hopkins, he didn't have that offensive line there. Kevin Stefanski, I mean, he's a great offensive coach too. And he was able to get some good, a good year out of Baker Mayfield in 2020, 2021 Mayfield struggled a little bit, but with Watson now, I think that this kind of really opens up a Super Bowl window for Cleveland. I was high on Cleveland going into last year and definitely they struggled a little bit. They had a lot of injuries. Baker too was banged up and you just didn't take that necessary growth in his fourth year. But now with Watson, I mean, definitely I catapult them into Super Bowl contender territory, which with, Baker Mayfield, I I just couldn't put them there. I mean, you need that guy at the quarterback position and Deshaun Watson on the field when he's on, he's on. I mean, again, there's not a lot of guys in this league that you'd rather have than Deshaun Watson. Core, the package in this deal, three first-round picks, a fourth-round, a a one-third-round pick, and two fourth-rounders for Deshaun Watson. Along with the trade, Cleveland also gave him a five-year, $230 million extension, which is fully guaranteed. It's the most guaranteed money by far, it blows Aaron Rodgers $150 million kind of out of the water a little bit. I mean, I'm curious to think what you think about the compensation. I think it's justifiable. Like I said, obviously, Watson a little more questionable. But on the field town, and as from strictly a quarterback, a football player, I mean, I think this is the, the Browns. I think both teams won here. I think the Texans kind of had to turn the page a little bit. The Browns, yes, they're paying him a lot of money. But with the money and the draft pick compensation, I think Deshaun Watson is definitely worth it. I think he has a chance to bring Cleveland to Super Bowl for sure. So I, I think it was worth it for both sides, honestly. Yeah, I mean, I think when you get Deshaun Watson, like a superstar talent, the the, the Rams definitely showed that, that like in the fact that giving up a lot of a lot of um, compensation, it could be worth it. I mean, the Rams are going to tell you right now, like, yeah, we keep up those first round picks, but it resulted in a Super Bowl. So that's all that matters. And I don't know. I think Baker Mayfield, obviously, like this past year, really didn't really didn't get the job done in Cleveland. So I I, I, I like the, the Browns front office going out and getting Deshaun Watson kind of swinging for the fences. I know they gave up um, some first round picks and gave Watson the absolute bag. But hey, I mean, he is still what, 25, 26 years old, like he's a young quarterback, um, superstar talent, five years in Cleveland. With a talented roster, really good run game, O-line, solid defense. You got Miles Garrett, obviously. So, yeah, I I, I like the trade. Like, obviously, if you're the Texans, you had to move on. I think you've got an absolute haul for them. But, like, it's hard to decide a loser in this one. I, I definitely, like, sometimes, I like, the Jets obviously, like, won the trade, I think, with obviously Jamal Adams. At, at, like, they got, I think they got two first-round picks. Like, you're saying they got a good player in return Seattle, but the Jets kind of won that. Like, he's not a quarterback. He can't really impact the game that much, but when you get a, a guy like Deshaun Watson, I think it's worth giving up all these picks. So I think both teams made out well, but if you're the Browns, I think just to get a superstar talent like that in a stacked AFC, I think definitely got to say they, uh, they won the trade in my opinion, but obviously Texas did well, but I'd say the Browns did, uh, did really good. Yeah. I think it's a shame that you have a top five quarterback talent and you unfortunately have to move on from them. But I think with the extreme circumstances here and especially with the new regime in 
Houston, I think with what the, the hand they were dealt, I thought they did a great job, especially with Davis Mills there. Maybe you have your next franchise quarterback there. If that's the case, then these draft picks you can use on some high talent players coming into the draft and you can control them on your roster for four or five years at a very cost effective clip. So for the Texans, there's a rebuild down there, but they have a ton of assets to work with. Going back to Cleveland core and where I think they stand in the AFC in relation to these other teams core. I mean, you put the Bengals over them core. I'm not going to say that too fast. I think the Browns today are the favorite in the AFC North. I know the Bengals have made a couple of nice moves, but I think this move puts like, I think there's kind of a fine line now in the AFC, if you ask me. Maybe I'm not as high on the Bengals as some other people. Like, I really was all last year. Like, I just, I don't know. I just wasn't completely sold on them, even though they did go to the Super Bowl. I know. But I'll still put Buffalo, Kansas City, and Cleveland now in the top tier in the AFC. And then I think right below them are teams like the Cincinnati Bengals, the Los Angeles Chargers. I think the Denver Broncos are in that tier. The Baltimore Ravens, the tight, you know what I mean? The Colts, like that next best. But I think with Watson in Cleveland, I think that now there's like a fine line between those top three and everybody else. And I'm curious. So do you think like Cincinnati's in that four then? Or do you think that even Cincinnati's the third team there and Cleveland's a step below? See, I, I was just, I think I, I need to see how it works out. I, I just think like the Bengals making the Super Bowl and then getting Lael Collins mm-hmm. from, uh, from the Cowboys, I thought, like, they just got to bolster that offensive line. So, I don't know. I think, like, still I'm going to put the Bengals at three. But, um, yeah, I think I think the Bengals – I'm going to give a slight edge to the Bengals over um, over the Browns just because their defense look good. Like, if you upgrade the whole line, I'm giving my respects to Joe Burrow. I think he is a superstar in this league, like he's going to be. So, I think they're three, and then – yeah, I'd say like four, five, six. I like those exact teams. I'll put the order Browns, Chargers, um, Broncos. And then I don't know, the AFC is just so stacked. Like that top six is pretty crazy. Then you got other teams like Baltimore, um, Tennessee, Indianapolis. It's just so stacked. But yeah, that, that's my top six. I'll put the I'll put the Browns. I think they could win the AFC, but I put them right now just because I have to see them on I have to see them on the field, but Without even seeing them, I'll put them. I'll put them in the top four in the in the AFC. Yeah, and that's very fair. You know what I mean? There definitely could be some growing pains with Watson and Stefanski, kind of their relationship. You know what I mean? Haven't worked together in the past, like at all. You know what I mean? So we'll see how it goes. And then even Watson too, a year removed, and we got to see what's going on with him. Will he be on the field week one? But with all that being said, one guy who will not be on Cleveland's roster, it looks like going into the season, will be Baker Mayfield. Right? I mean, the guy's due almost twenty million dollars guaranteed on his fifth year option. Core. You could look at Baker Mayfield's year in 2021, and yes, it was an extreme disappointment, but 2020 Baker Mayfield, I thought, was excellent in Stefanski's first year, him in that system. It's been a little bit ups and downs with Mayfield. Obviously, you had that good year, the good rookie season there. He was didn't win Rookie of the Year because of Saquon Barkley's year, but he did have a nice year. He did break the touchdown record, the rookie record, which was later broken by Justin Herbert. But I don't know. I kind of feel a little bad for Baker Mayfield here, Core. I think the Browns did him a little dirty. Now, with that being said, when you have the chance to get a guy like Deshaun Watson, you go get him. But Listen, Cleveland had the worst quarterback situation in for 20 years. I mean, the infamous jersey, right, that you saw with all those names crossed off. And, I mean, even getting later down that list, you had guys like Johnny Manziel try to even take over that. I mean, Brian Hoyer, Brandon Whedon, RG3 tried to take over, Cody Kessler, Deshaun Kaiser. I mean, they're – like just, again, those are guys in the four-year span that they tried to quarterback and it just didn't work. And Baker Mayfield gave them some stability at the – 
at the quarterback position that they just hadn't had in 20 plus years. Now, do I think that like it was time to move on? Maybe it was, but at the at the end of the day, like Mayfield, he's a number one overall pick. Expectations were high, and do I necessarily think he didn't he didn't live up to them yet? But I still think this guy's young. He's got a huge chip on his shoulder. I think he was a little banged up last year. Do I ever think he's gonna be like a top five quarterback in this league? No, not at all. But I think Baker Mayfield still has some good football days ahead of him, and I really hope he ends up in a place where he can at least compete for a starting job. Because I think Baker Mayfield is definitely a top 32 quarterback in this league. And especially him now going into a quarterback competition. I mean, again, this is a guy who walked on and started as a true freshman at Texas Tech, a guy who then transferred to Oklahoma and won a Heisman. I mean, he is, I mean, again, he, he's, he comes off a little cocky, but again, he's got a huge chip on his shoulder. He's not afraid, if you ask me, to go compete. And I think competition is going to bring out the best of him. So I'm definitely excited to see Baker Mayfield kind of on a little bit of a revenge tour here. And I, like I said, I really hope he goes to a good spot because for all like the antics you get with Mayfield, I don't know, like, I don't know. I just see like a fiery competitor in him. Yes, he could be a little out there sometimes, but I'm not like Mayfield. I hope he gets another shot for sure. Yeah, I think Baker Mayfield, like you said, um, I'd say he's top, definitely a top 32 quarterback in this league. I'd say, I think he's better than that. I think, yeah, I don't think he's a guy who, who should be a backup in this league. Like you said, I think he definitely was dealing with injuries last year. Like he always had like some, some type of like wrap on his shoulder while, while being on the field, even in, in pads. But yeah, I think, I think two potential suitors, I don't know how it's going to work. I mean, I'd like to see him go to Seattle, maybe compete for a starting job with uh, with Drew Locke, unless they go quarterback. I think even if they do, I think Baker Mayfield there um, could definitely compete for a starting job. And I think Carolina, I don't know. Not, like these teams, like if he goes to these teams, I don't expect them to turn into Super Bowl contenders, but I think he could go to these teams, compete for a starting spot, win the job, and I think could – could definitely have like he definitely has to have a lot of uh like a chip on his shoulder to um to prove the doubters wrong so I think Carolina and Seattle like two teams he can go to and win the starting spot and just 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 compete and build up a competitive football team and win some games because I definitely like Baker Mayfield did not do good this year but I still think obviously former number one pick um like you said, I, I also agree, like, he he kind of has, like, that – seems like he has, a, like, competitor and, like, that almost like that dog in him. So, yeah, I think he definitely starter worthy, and those are two teams I think um, could potentially suit him, whether it's trade or he gets released. But, yeah, I think Seattle and Carolina maybe two teams I'd like to see him um, win the starting job on. Yeah, and Seattle and Carolina, I think what's interesting about them – is that they've been linked to quarterbacks in the draft. So if you take Baker Mayfield this year, I mean, he's got one year left on his deal. Bring in a quarterback in the draft. Bring in Mayfield too. And let's see, you know what I mean? Maybe some people will be like this. Well, well, what happens if Baker Mayfield does really good and we have a young quarterback now? Well, guess what? If you have two quarterbacks that you're confident in, I mean, that's a good problem to have, right? I mean, everybody's always looking for a quarterback. So I think that Seattle or Carolina could be interesting spots. Cool, I'm going to throw one another one out there that I don't think maybe people have talked about. I think the Detroit Lions would be an interesting fit. I mean, first of all, Dan Campbell and Baker Mayfield, I feel like they both have kind of those fiery personalities in a sense. would be cool to see them share a locker room. But yeah, again, they don't really have a set future at the quarterback position. I know Jared Goff there almost seems like a stopgap and they're potentially in play to take a younger quarterback. 
but maybe I don't know. Like the money would probably have to be something with Jared Goff, and I'm not 100 percent sure. I know he had a huge dead cap hit last year when he went over to the Lions, but yeah, I think that maybe they could see as getting Mayfield for cheap right now and almost like another one year trial, kind of how they had it last year with Goff. And I'm not saying Goff was necessarily bad, but like. Why not try to strike gold here with Baker Mayfield? I think Baker Mayfield, I think I would take him next year over Jagoff, especially with maybe the potential I see in Baker Mayfield becoming more than just a one-year rental, you know what I mean? Becoming their quarterback for the foreseeable future. But for now, I guess we're going to have to wait and see. I know the Browns have kind of had a little bit of a rift with him saying that they weren't going to trade him when Mayfield kind of wanted out there. So hopefully in the next couple of days or even in the couple of weeks, I mean, there's definitely a lot of time left before week one of the season. This is all figured out, but hopefully for Mayfield, at least he's able to give and he's able to be given a chance to compete somewhere. Uh, Core moving on to a place where Baker Mayfield will not be going where it looked like honestly would be a dream spot for him. The Indianapolis Colts actually just yet today we're recording on Monday trade for Matt Ryan. They get only a, have to only have to give up a third rounder from him from the Atlanta Falcons. They get rid of Carson Wentz. They move to Matt Ryan core. I'm curious, what do you think about that deal? Do you think it's an upgrade from Wentz? And do you think that the acquisition of Ryan can put the Colts into the top of the AFC conversation? Yeah, I think, I think the Colts keep getting themselves in like these scenarios, almost like First, it kind of reminds me a little bit of getting Philip Rivers like two years ago. I think you get Philip Rivers, it was like Carson Wentz, Matt Ryan. I think Matt Ryan, uh, what is he like, 37, 36? Yeah, he's going to be 30. He's going to be 37, though, when the season starts. So, um, yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, personally, I think Matt Ryan's had a really good career. I still think he's got some good football in him. But like in my, like in my eyes, I don't like. I think the AFC is just so stacked right now. I know they have a really good run game, really good defense, really good O line, but I don't know. Like these quarterbacks, they keep bringing in. I don't think get them over the hump. Like Philip Rivers, then you turn to Carson Wentz, then you turn to Matt Ryan. Three, I'd say, good starting quarterbacks. I mean, Philip Rivers obviously was really old. Matt Ryan's pretty old, but like I just think like three good quarterbacks, but like none of them are like. Super Bowl winning quarterbacks. And I think obviously like their thought processes, like their team's really good. Like you don't need Patrick Mahomes on your team, but I don't know. I think the Colts kind of, to me are staying in like a similar place. Cause I don't really think it's that much of an upgrade from Carson Wentz. If any, I, I like, I, like I said, I think Matt Ryan's had a really good career and he's been on the Falcons for a long time. I think he'll do well with the Colts, but I think how stacked the AFC is right now. I don't think he really gets them over the hump. And I, I, I said like my top six before it was, yeah, Kansas city, Buffalo, Cincy, um, the Browns chargers and the Broncos. I think getting Matt Ryan doesn't put the Colts over any of those six teams, um, at least on paper. So, I mean, I think when you lose Carson Wentz, bringing in Matt, Matt Ryan keeps you competitive and like borderline playoff team, but I don't think like it puts them over the hump and anything like, like a top team in the AFC, in my opinion. Yeah, look, I think Matt Ryan's best years are behind him. I know in Atlanta, he didn't really have great talent around him. Now, that's not to say, look, Atlanta still was able to muster out seven wins this year, which is impressive in its own right with that roster and stuff. But yeah, I'm not so sure how much of an upgrade it is from Wentz last year to Ryan this year. Now, Ryan is going to be a little safer on that side, but with safer comes less risk corn. I think like Wentz had his best, if you ask me, last year. I don't, I don't know if you could like, like Ryan, I don't even know if we'll be that, that good when Wentz was at his best. Now, again, like I said, Wentz at his worst, though, you're not going to get those lows with Matt Ryan. So at that 
in that case, Marion's a veteran. He's going to be able to control the game. And the biggest thing with the Colts with Wentz, it seemed like they didn't like him as a leader. Again, Matt Ryan, been around the league a long time. The guy's a good leader. So hopefully for the Colts, in that sense, Ryan could fit there. I think with what was out there, I think Ryan is a better option than Jimmy Garoppolo. So I commend them for that. Baker, too, would have been an option. Wow. Whereas this year, I think that Ryan would have outplayed Baker there. I think maybe with Baker, you'd be swinging again for a little bit more upside and maybe then have him for the foreseeable future. I don't know how many years you're really going to get out of Matt Ryan, but the Colts have had a different quarterback under center week one since 2018, starting with Andrew Luck. So yeah, it's been a revolving door there, Corey. I like how you bring up the comparison to Phillip Rivers there, which I think is pretty accurate where you're getting Ryan. I think Ryan probably maybe has a little better of a year than Phillip Rivers did last year, but who knows? Maybe Ryan has a complete career resurgence. That would be awesome for the Colts, but I, I'm in a, I, I love this Colts roster. I think they're very talented. I maybe would take the Colts over the Broncos, the Bengals too. I don't, I don't think I'd take them over the Bengals. Like I don't like, I think this puts them competitive in the AFC picture overall. I think this does also like slightly edge them against the Titans. Nothing definitive though, but I do want them to definitely bring in a receiver as well to help out Matt Ryan there. I think Julio Jones score, maybe a little reunion with the two former Falcons in Indy would be kind of nice to compliment Michael Pittman over there, but the Colts, they got a lot of cap space still. I want them to go spend that and give themselves a chance to really ascend to the top of the AFC. Matt Ryan is a good quarterback. Will he be good enough? Will be the million dollar question in Indianapolis core. We'll talk about some other QBs who signed across the league. Mitch Trubisky signed with the Pittsburgh Steelers. Looks like he's going to be QB one there. Definitely curious to see if they go young in the draft as well and maybe have a little bit of a QB battle there. Jameis Winston's back in New Orleans with the Saints. Marcus Mariota to the Atlanta Falcons core. Out of those three that I just talked about, you which like which one intrigues you the most? I mean, I'd say I, I'd also say that Marcus Mariota to the to the Falcons. I, I don't like I think Mitch Trubisky. With the team he's given, I think they could be pretty solid, but I think the AFC is just so stacked. But I don't know. I think Marcus Mariota, a guy who over like the last two years, like when come in for Derek Carr in Las Vegas, honestly, when I've seen him, he has shown some signs of of like life and energy and like being a good quarterback. Obviously, this isn't this isn't like 20 uh 2014 when he was on the Tennessee Titans and doing really good things, but I still think Marcus, obviously, obviously a former number two overall pick. I think going to Atlanta, where right now seems like unless they draft a quarterback, probably will. But I think he could he could be the QB one going into twenty twenty two. So I think this is his chance. Obviously, like not going to have great wide receivers to work with. Obviously, Calvin Ridley not there. Julio gone. Um, he's going to have Kyle Pitts, but yeah, I think. Um, Marcus Mariota could go to go to, can go to Atlanta, not a big market, just like kind of like almost like house money. I think he can go there and revive his career a little bit if he's given the chance to be uh, the starting quarterback. Yeah, a little familiarity there too with Arthur Smith and Mariota's time in Tennessee. Look, Marcus Mariota, one of my all-time favorite football players, even throughout his tenure at Oregon, former Heisman winner there, then goes to Tennessee and shows some flashes there, but did have a lot of injuries with his arm, and then eventually kind of got phased out by Ryan Tannehill and Tannehill took off there. And unfortunately Mariota was left in the dust, but you're right in relief for Derek Carr. He did show some flashes and it seemed like he was gaining some traction that he would at least get one more shot in his NFL career to be a starter. That's going to happen in Atlanta. I'm so 
like excited for that. I like he, obviously he's a dynamic runner. He's still very athletic. I'd love to see how he develops as a thrower there and what strides he's taken in uh like since he's really been you haven't seen him play a ton, you know what I mean, these past couple of years. So I'm so pumped to see Mariota back. Hopefully the starter in Atlanta, they give him a chance and I hope he runs away with this one. Definitely will keep my eye on Mariota this season. The other two guys Coral mentioned, his draft mate actually, Jameis Winston, went number one that year in 2015. Back to the Saints, I think, is the right move there. You know what I mean? He was showing some flashes early in the season. Not the old Jameis Winston who's throwing 30 interceptions a year in Tampa Bay. Playing a little bit more conservative, but I think that with the Saints, obviously moving on from Sean Payton as a head coach, they still kept their offensive coordinator, you know what I mean? So some familiarity there with Winston. Hopefully he's able to recover from that torn ACL. And Mitch Trubisky, too, kind of in a similar sense to Marcus Mariota, getting this redemption chance in Pittsburgh. He's going to have a good roster around him. And I think, again, Trubisky deserves this one. I think learning under Josh Allen and Brian Dable will definitely help him. Trubisky came out of school. He was a raw quarterback. And even the biggest thing that I'll be an advocate for with Trubisky is look at, like, Justin Fields this year in Chicago. I mean, he also struggled big time. Yes, he made some flashy plays and sense. But, like, the, the situation wasn't great for Trubisky in Chicago. You know what I mean? Yes, they were winning games. They had a great defense and stuff like that. But I think Mitch doesn't get enough credit for, like, I don't know, really as much of, like, an athlete as he is. I think that there is some talent there for sure. So I think Pittsburgh might strike gold with Trubisky and at least letting him be the quarterback for the next couple of years. I think that they will draft the quarterback ultimately and develop him this coming draft. But definitely to keep your eye on some of these quarterbacks who are uh, – it's I don't want to say last chance you in a sense, core, but that's kind of the vibe you're getting with a couple of them, specifically Trubisky and Mariota. So I wish those guys the best. Definitely will keep my eye on them. Core, the other big trade this past week involved the Green Bay Packers and the Vegas Raiders. Devontae Adams is reuniting with his college quarterback, Derek Carr, going to Vegas in exchange for the Raiders' 2022 first and second rounders. Core, this one called me by complete surprise. I mean, when you get... Aaron Rodgers back in Green Bay. The Obviously, everybody's thinking, all right, well, Devontae's running it back, no doubt about it. And then they trade him. It's like, what? Like, that's kind of crazy. I don't know. How, how do you feel about the Packers moving on from Devontae here? I mean, obviously, they talk to Aaron Rodgers. Like, Aaron Rodgers doesn't sign that deal without knowing that this is this move is going to happen. But I'm curious. I, I, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm, there, I'm a little confused about this. Obviously, I get that the cap space, they couldn't afford Devontae. But I don't know. This it's, It almost seems like a sour taste left in the mouth of Packers fans. Yeah, I mean, you think you're getting back Aaron Rodgers. Think like this is another chance to uh, to try to go in a Super Bowl. Maybe not sell in the playoffs. And then you blink, you get the, you get that notification on your phone. Devontae Adams has been traded to the Las Vegas Raiders. I mean, it doesn't really make that much sense. But I guess that's just the Packers. I guess like they saying they couldn't pay them both. You know, I read something that, like, I think he could have got more money from the Packers, but like, I don't know how it works. But it's just showing, like, I guess the, their priorities number twelve over number seventeen in Green Bay. And I guess when when the guys throwing the ball, I guess like that's got to be the priority. So yeah, they, they send them to to Las Vegas. I think they only got what a first and a second round pick. I mean, for a wide receiver, like I think he's the best receiver in football. So. I think it's a good trade for both teams. I think for Las Vegas, definitely a really good trade, able to um, reunite that Fresno State connection between Derek Carr and Devontae Adams. So, yeah, I don't know what went wrong in Green Bay. I'm not sure something did go wrong. Maybe they just couldn't pay both guys back and they wanted to take Rodgers back over Devontae Adams. But 
I don't know. I think like you're saying Julio Jones to, to Indianapolis. I mean, I think Julio Jones at a stage in his career where this is not Atlanta Julio Jones, where he's going to go out there and be your number one guy. But like, if you need a wide receiver, I think Julio to green Bay would be a nice move. But I also like, I like that also. Like I think him going to Indianapolis as like, more of a comp him and Michael Pittman, I think would be better, but yeah, as a whole, I mean, I think the Packers are definitely gonna have to get a wide receiver because without, without Devonta Adams, the offense is definitely a, um, it's definitely not the same, but definitely a good move by Las Vegas to go get their, um, to go get the, the number one receiver in football and reunite that connection. Yeah. I'll start with green Bay first. You kind of alluding to maybe Julio Jones being a potential target for them. Odell Beckham jr. Will also be another one. People will peg that him too especially with that midseason thing where Beckham was talking about going to the Packers and then ultimately he sides with the Los Angeles Rams. But, yeah, I mean, now with two first-round picks, too, you're thinking that the Packers are finally going to break that rule that they have where they don't draft a receiver in the first round. You've got to think that they're going to take at least one of one of the picks is going to be a receiver. Curious to see if it's Jamison Williams, another guy recovering from a torn ACL. I mean, now he would be an awesome fit with Aaron Rodgers. Drake London, a little bit of a bigger body. I'm not sure if he gets to either of these picks. But, again, another guy who would be a deep threat for Aaron Rodgers to work with. I really think it's it has to be one of the two. Like, there has to be a rookie first-rounder coming in here if there's not I would be extremely shocked but ultimately like I said they definitely talked to Rodgers about this what their plan was and Rodgers had to sign off on this Rodgers would have never came back and never signed the contract if he wasn't 1000% sure of or 1000% confident I should say in the plan that Green Bay had in place so I'm sure Green Bay will bring in a veteran receiver and I'm sure Green Bay will bring in a first round receiver I'm not even going to say like they won't even wait till the second round they will pick a first round receiver with one of those two picks on the Vegas side, on the Las Vegas side of this, I mean, keeping up in the AFC West has proven to be a, again, like it's like who anything you can do, I can do better in this division. Like Russell Wilson comes in, nope, let me go get Devontae Adams. The Chiefs are even getting a little on the action. Juju Smith, I mean, the Chargers revamping their whole defense. I mean, again, everybody just wants the new best toy in the AFC West. It's insane. Adams then signs a five-year, $141 million contract, makes him the highest paid receiver in football by far, justifiably. I mean, the guy is unreal. He deserves all the money that he's going to get. And yeah, I mean, the Raiders, it almost looked like everybody else in that division was taking a big step up onto them. I think this puts them, I don't think, like, I don't, they're not on the Chiefs level yet, but this definitely puts them in conversation with maybe for second place in that division. I don't think they're as good as the Chargers, but I think, I know the Broncos obviously with Russell Wilson, but I think the Raiders can finish with an equal record to the Denver Broncos. I think Josh McDaniels, there's a very good head coach as well. And I think this puts them right in the running there. I mean, Devontae Adams is going to come in and have a huge impact for him. You got Devontae Adams, Hunter Renfro, and Darren Waller. I mean, Derek Carr has some absolute studs to throw the football to. They also went out and got Chandler Jones to go rush the passer. You know, the AFC West, you got Mahomes, Justin Herbert, and Russell Wilson, you got to get after the quarterback. So Jones should help that out. Patrick Graham, the new defensive coordinator there, will love to work with him. So, yeah, the Raiders definitely keeping themselves alive now in the AFC West playoff hopes is where maybe a week ago you'd say, yeah, they're good, but they're kind of like a step below the other three. Now I think they're right back in it. I mean, you had Devontae Adams, top 10 player in the NFL, no question. So that is a huge get for the Raiders. I mean, and kind of out of left field. I know Devontae always said he wanted to play with Derek Carr. 
But I mean, this is awesome. So I was extremely ecstatic. And core, maybe we'll have some playoff football finally in Las Vegas. They were on the road last year, but hopefully we can get a home game in Las Vegas. I mean, that'd be pretty tough. They'd have to win the division. I don't know if that's possible, but hey, we'll wait and see with Devontae in town. Core, I kind of alluded to some other moves that were made by some other teams this free agency period. I'm going to start with one team first. The Los Angeles Chargers, again, I mean, this division is going crazy in the AFC West. They bring in Khalil Mack from the Chicago Bears. They signed J.C. Jackson. They also brought in Sebastian Joseph Day from the Los Angeles Rams to kind of help that run defense. That's an area where they struggled big time. I mean, again, in a division where everybody's taking a home run swing, the Chargers revamped their defense. They got a stud at quarterback in Justin Herbert. They brought back Mike Williams as well. They even brought in Gerald Everett to play some tight end. I mean, the Chargers are making moves A-plus for them this offseason for sure. I thought they did a great job. Any other team that also like you were really impressed with? Yeah, I mean, the Chargers, I think, definitely were like that one team who honestly really did impress. I, I mean, I, I just think like, if you're going to look at teams who um, who did really good, I think I got to just stay in the AFC West. Like, I just like hate to be pretty like chalk, but like you look at it like the the Raiders the Chargers and the Denver Broncos go out and they all acquire just like difference makers. I think those three teams honestly like stick out amongst the rest. Obviously they're trying to catch the chiefs. The chiefs get like a minor pickup for them. I mean, Juju Smith is a good receiver, but I don't know. Like you're, you're the Raiders. You go out and get Devonta Adams, the best receiver in football. I mean, the Broncos, a team who wins seven games last year, could have won more, but like didn't really have consistent quarterback play. You go out and get a future Hall of Famer in Russell Wilson. And then the Chargers, a team who kind of sold a little bit late in the season. You go out and get arguably a top, I'd say a top five cornerback in in football to upgrade that secondary. Then get a great pass rusher in Khalil Mack. I mean, I think those three teams got to be like the winners and like biggest teams to upgrade this offseason. I think like that division is just got to be the best division of all time like I've never seen a team with like four teams who like legitimately have a chance to make the playoffs and honestly like could do damage in the playoffs like it's just such a good division so I think those three teams definitely stand out to me the AFC West is on the is on the complete rise but yeah I think the Raiders Broncos Chargers just three teams to me who just stood out amongst the rest yeah, for sure. And I mean, you mentioned those three. Obviously, you did mention even I think like Juju Smith-Schuster, don't get me wrong. He may not be like as much of that. Like, yes, obviously, he's a big name and stuff like that. But he fits Kansas City perfectly. Exactly what they want to do on offense, too. He fits Tyreek Hill, Miko Hardman, and Travis Kelsey. I think he's going to have a huge ba- bounce back season there. So, yeah, I mean, we're going to go into this season. The AFC West, I mean, all of these teams are going to like double are going to be projected double digit win teams. I mean, that's never happened before in a division. So it's going to be crazy to see if. They can live up to the hype, you know what I mean? It's almost like, how can it at one time? You know, they're going to play each other. I mean, we're going to see so many of these division games that are going to be awesome. We're going to get a a ton of them. I mean, it's going to be great football in the AFC West. It's going to be a bloodbath there. Uh, Another team court, I mean, I'll go on a team that they're picking first overall in the draft because they had a tough year last year for the second straight year, but the Jacksonville Jaguars, they spent a lot of money and look, maybe am I going to say that like it wasn't the best money spent. I think Christian Kirk get did Christian Kirk get an obsessive amount of money. I think so. I th- but listen, when you have a young quarterback like Trevor Lawrence and the 
lack of talent around him that they had last year. You just got to bring in some ball players, and they did. They brought in Brandon Sheriff, the best guard on the market. They brought in Zay Jones to help him out. Obviously, I mentioned Christian Kirk, Evan Ingram as well. On their defense, too, they tried to revamp some guys. Brought in Darius Williams. They also brought in a uh, linebacker from the Falcons as well. Their middle linebacker, uh, Alua Khan, I believe is his name is. Fatu Kasi from the Jets, another defensive lineman. So they brought in a couple of good pieces, and like I said, now you can – critique them for overspending maybe at certain parts but at the end of the day like you're at least giving your rookie quarterback a shot now to compete with ample level town around him so i like that move i thought the jets also core i know your guys they spent a lot of money this offseason they brought in like jordan whitehead at safety from tampa bay they brought in the lineman from 49ers tomlinson a couple tight ends in uzoma and conklin so yeah you know what i mean when these guys have these young quarterbacks around them i think that you have to bring in enough town to at least let them give them a chance to succeed. And I thought both of those teams did a nice job about that. Yeah, man, I was thinking more team. Yeah. Like teams who had, um, who like have chance to be like really good in the AFC. Obviously I'd say like Jacksonville and the jets and just a, such a, I'm obviously a jets fan, but like the AFC is just so stacked. And you also forgetting just bringing my guy, DJ Reed from, uh, from Seattle. I think that was a good signing at cornerback, but yeah, I mean, you talk about the Jaguars, I like them making moves, but I don't know. Kind of, I mean, obviously to get like revamped kind of their offensive line um, was a good signing, but I think Christian Kirk paying him $21 million a year, like obviously you you need weapons, obviously, but I don't know. I, yeah, Christian Kirk's agents got to be, guys got to be the best, the best dealer. Like the guys just got to, have the absolute sweet talk to get that deal. Like, I think 21 million a year for him. The guy's never had over a thousand yards. I know, obviously, he was playing with D Hop like last year, AJ Green. I think this is his year to shine. Maybe, maybe the Jaguars see something in Christian Kirk. None of us, none, no one else sees. But yeah, I mean, obviously, yeah, I think Christian Kirk, you signed him to less money. I think it's a good deal. But 21 mil, I respect them trying, but I don't know. I mean, Zay Jones, I think what he get like 11 mil. A year, I think you got three for 33. I could be wrong, but hey, I mean, Jacksonville is trying out there. They're trying to bring in weapons for Trevor Lawrence. I think I like the Evan Ingram signing. I think Evan Ingram um, obviously has potential to be good um, if he can catch the ball and stuff like that. But hey, I, I don't know how much better Jacksonville is next year, but I do like them trying to go get weapons no matter how much money they're spending for what they think is their guy in Trevor Lawrence. And then, yeah, I think the Jets, Joe Douglas, obviously doing a really good job. Obviously, has two first-round picks, so I don't think this is the year the Jets do make the playoffs, but if they can make a jump, Zach Wilson makes a jump, um, bringing, in, bringing in players on both sides of the ball, I mean, you just want to see improvement. I think the Jets could do that this year. So, yeah, I like those two teams um, also um, making oh. moves this offseason. Yeah, listen, they, those two teams, too, they had a lot of money to spend in the offseason, and at least they didn't, like, keep it, keep their hands in their pockets. You know what I almost mean? They opened the checkbooks, and they said, we're at least going to spend the money. Yeah, I agree with you. I think Christian Kirk's agent, I mean, that guy's looking legendary, but who knows? When Christian Kirk has a Cooper Cup-esque season this year, the Jaguars are going to get the last laugh, I guess. We talked about the Bengals earlier and where they stand in the AFC. We all knew that the Bengals need to pick up offensive linemen. They did. They picked up three of them, Alex Kappa, from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Ted Karras. I believe he was with New England last year, a center, and Lael Collins as well. So that right there, there's a center, a right guard, and a right tackle that will join Jonah Williams. And then they also have another young guard that they drafted in the second round last year out of Clemson. So you're hoping now a Bengals team that 
Their offensive line obviously was their biggest weakness last year. That could potentially be a strength coming in to 2022 and keeping Joe Burrow up. The Super Bowl champion, Los Angeles Rams bringing Allen Robinson. It's almost like the rich get richer. They do lose Robert Woods, however. He goes to Tennessee, to the Titans, coming off a torn ACL. I kind of like that move for the Titans. He'll complement A.J. Brown, I think, a little bit better than Julio Jones did. I think he'll get a better year out of Robert Woods. Core, the one last position that we'll kind of mention that a lot of guys got signed from edge rushers. I know we didn't. We mentioned a lot of guys in the AFC West. Kind of skipped over Randy Gregory a little bit. Got like five for 70 from the Denver Broncos. A real good edge rusher in Dallas when he's been able to stay on the field. So hopefully they could play him. I believe Bradley Chubb is still there as well, too. So those guys on opposite sides. And then the former Bronco, Von Miller, going to Buffalo six years, $120 million. Was a little bit surprised at the length of the contract. I think that... You look at the guarantees and stuff like that. I don't think that it'll end up playing out over the complete six years and stuff. But again, Von Miller is a huge difference maker. Buffalo understands that they kind of they couldn't sit there and not make a move. You know what I mean? They get an impact defender in Von Miller. It almost helps them keep up with the rest of the AFC. As crazy as it is, like you, you have to make an insane move like this to stay up to everybody. So I think Buffalo was able to do that. Gives them another pass rusher to get after the pass. And I think Buffalo's really realizing that like Super Bowl windows are only open so long. So let's spend that money and let's hope that Von Miller can put us over the edge. So yeah, those are a couple of the other free agent signings. I don't know which one that I was mentioning you want to touch on or if any other ones, please go for it. Yeah. I mean, Von Miller, obviously uh, a six year deal for a guy, I think they 33 years old right now, obviously that's uh pr- pretty absurd. I honestly don't think he makes it six years, but I mean, you're the Buffalo bills. You've lost, to the Kansas City Chiefs two times in a row. And, I mean, another, like, and you lose in a game last year where, you know, you, you couldn't really stop the Kansas City Chiefs uh, offense. So, I mean, you go out, you go get – I don't think he's as good as he once was, but still a pretty elite pass rusher in Von Miller. I think that could help them. Definitely definitely uh, improves the team. Obviously, the contract, in my opinion, is pretty brutal. But the Bills are in win-now mode. They don't – they're not looking down the line like – they're not looking at the year 20, 2026, and they're like, oh, we got Von Miller paying them 20 mil a year. If they get a Super Bowl before that, they'll be like, hey, we can, we can eat this money. So I, I like them going out and getting um, – I like them going out and getting a pass rusher to um, to get after the quarterback, especially with how good the quarterbacks are. In uh, in the AFC, you got to – you can't give these t- – can't give these guys all day. So, yeah, I like them getting Von Miller despite the contract being absolutely brutal. And now listen, Core, we've been talking for a while now about the AFC West and other bun- a couple other AFC teams like the Cincinnati Bengals, the Bills bringing Bob Miller, making moves, even the Jaguars and the Jets, the bottom dwellers of the AFC making moves. Core, the NFC was a little bit quiet. There were some other teams there that I'm a little disappointed in this offseason. I know you as well. We were talking before the show. Core, what's one team in the NFC that like you didn't really agree with it, what they wanted to do this offseason and you're a little disappointed that they didn't do something a little differently? I mean, I think I, – I know he honestly I, – I, he gets a lot of hate. I think he had a pretty good season, like, statistically-wise. But, I don't know, I think a guy like Kirk Cousins, the Vikings, um, extending another year, I think, yeah, $35 million. Um, I think the Vikings really could have shook a lot of people if they went out. And, I mean, obviously, I think getting – I think – Deshaun Watson over Kirk Cousins, way bigger, is like not as big of an upgrade right now as it is like 
for the Browns with Baker Mayfield, but I don't know. If you tell me, like, they go out and make a splash, go get a top quarterback like Deshaun Watson, I mean, obviously that's pretty um, pretty difficult. But I don't know. Even someone else um, out there, I think. But if they get, like, Deshaun Watson, that team honestly turns into, in my opinion, a contender in the NFC, like, immediately, I think. Um, yeah, I think them resign, like, bringing back Kirk Cousins, like, they're kind of – kind of settling like they really have not done anything with Kirk Cousins. I think it is time for a change despite him having a solid year. Like they just extended him for another year. So yeah, I think the, the Minnesota Vikings are a team who in my opinion are kind of just like settling for mediocrity when with all the quarterbacks on the move, they could have, um, they could have made a big time splash and uh, shook up the whole NFC. Yeah. I don't necessarily know if they were completely like even had a chance in the Deshaun Watson sweepstakes because of Watson's no trade calls, but I do like what you're getting at with Kirk Cousins. I think that bringing Cousins back, and yes, I know Kevin O'Connell, the new head coach there, has worked with Cousins in the past, so probably that played a little bit into this decision. Yeah, I don't know. I think you're just settling a lot with Kirk Cousins. And in an offseason where we've seen so many quarterbacks move at such a crazy price, like I think it might have benefited the Minnesota Vikings to even take some calls for Kirk Cousins and be like, can we maybe even get multiple first-round picks? Do I think they could have? Maybe not. But if you're telling me you could get – a couple good picks for Kirk Cousins. I definitely would have been on the phone. Like, I don't know. And I think that maybe even then the Browns go get a guy who's, if you want to even stay relevant, like, I mean, look at right now, you got Garoppolo out there, you got Baker Mayfield. And again, I'm not saying that like these guys are better than Kirk Cousins or not, but like, do I think that there's that big of a gap? Maybe not necessarily other teams might see it. I mean, the Browns might've wanted to reunite Kevin Stefanski and Kirk Cousins. And maybe they would have given you, to uh, a first round or a third and also Mayfield, you know what I mean? And I think that maybe that would set the Vikings up. So yeah, I think that the Vikings going back where Kirk Cousins, I don't, I don't just, just, like, I just don't think they're going anywhere. I agree with you in the sense that either you're going to swing big for the fences or kind of maybe even go the opposite way and kind of retool and try to build this thing a little different way. I'm going to stay in the NFC core with what I want to go with. I mean, there's a couple teams that I can choose just specifically, I guess I'll generalize and go with the NFC on top of as a whole. I mean, you got like Dallas really hasn't brought anybody in. They lost out on Randy Gregory too, after like they had a verbal agreement, which is just like not never a really good look. And I guess I'll go with green Bay as well. Green Bay did bring Rasul Douglas back. who was a really good pickup for them, but obviously losing Devontae Adams. They haven't brought in a wide receiver yet. Would like green Bay for sure to make a couple more acquisitions. I know, obviously, you can't consider their offseason like an L because they got Aaron Rodgers to re-sign with them. But, I don't know, you'd like them to bring in a couple pieces. Of course, they're looking to compete for a Super Bowl. So, come on, Green Bay. One other team I guess I'll mention real quick, San Francisco as well. They did bring in Shardavius Ward from the Kansas City Chiefs, which is a good get for sure. He's a good man-to-man corner there. San Francisco desperately needed a corner. But again, the Jimmy G saga is now dragged out. Not a huge opening anywhere really outside of like Carolina. But again, I don't know what Carolina is really going to give up. They just gave up a couple picks last year for Sam Darnold, and that went horribly wrong. So it's almost like you had this nice asset in Jimmy Garoppolo, and the longer it waits, it almost like the less spots and the less – value he has there so I'm curious to see if San Francisco can move on from Garoppolo as well as maybe go get another guy maybe a guy who we're going to mention in a couple minutes core uh there's still a lot of free agents out there 
Leonard Fournette is somebody out there, core that definitely strikes my eye. I'm not sure exactly where he's going to go. Tyron Matthews, another difference maker for sure. Maybe his best days are behind him, but he's still an impact player for the Chiefs last year, and I hope he's able to go somewhere where a defensive coordinator can utilize his versatility. Anybody else, core still in free agency that you really want to see uh, go to a specific team or something like that? You got anything in mind? Yeah, I mean, um, I just want to see, like, Odell Beckham or um, Julio Jones, two kind of like big time names, but I want to see one of those, one of those guys definitely go to another, I know Odell already got a ring, Julio doesn't have one, but I want to see them go to at least um, a contender. I mean, Julio Jones, like before the Russell Gage signing, I think Julio Jones to Tampa would have made sense, but I don't know how much sense it really makes now. Just such a crowded, um, wide receiver room, but yeah, I mean, Odell Beckham, I honestly, like we said, I think Odell to the Packers, I think would be a really good signing for the Packers. Uh, I'd like to see that. I think obviously losing Devontae, you need to go get a number one wide receiver. I don't think Julio at this stage could, is like healthy enough all the time to like be your guy. I think Odell Beckham could obviously coming off a torn ACL, but I still think he could come in and um, he could do that even off two torn ACLs. So yeah, I, I want to see both those guys sign um, both with contenders and could like put put that team in a better position to uh, to win some games. Yeah, for sure. I mean, these are guys, again, who have been stars. Maybe their best days are behind them, but I think they still have some good football in them. One last guy I also mentioned, Core, kind of falls under that similar umbrella, Bobby Wagner. I just hope he signs in the AFC West. That's all I want. I mean, all four teams there would be pretty cool for sure. I know Russell Wilson's been trying to recruit him to Denver. I mean, the Raiders would also be kind of cool. Now they bring in Devontae Adams and Bobby Wagner. It's like almost, all right, we're back in this. But, I mean, the Chargers would be awesome. Obviously, that revamped defense there. The Chiefs as well. So, yeah, hopefully, let's get Bobby Wagner to stay in the AFC West. I don't think he'd go to the Chiefs just because they have uh, Nick Bolton. He's a young linebacker there. It looks like they're ready for him to take a more expanded role. But – just stay in the AFC West because I'm, I'm all for the AFC West just being an absolute powerhouse and the rest of the divisions, not so much. But with that being said, Core, that's going to do it for this episode. Anything you kind of want to leave off with? I mean, we covered a lot of free agency news and a lot of league news, so there's definitely a lot to digest here. I mean, yeah, I mean, just waiting for the next domino to, to fall, whether who it is, I'm just waiting for some big-time name. I'd say one, someone's – Somehow someone's going to – someone good, some big-name player in the next week, probably going to end up in uh, in the AFC West. I don't know. Maybe the Chiefs are like – these guys think they could take over the AFC West casually. Maybe they go out and go get a, a big-time name. So, yeah, I'm just like waiting. Yeah, curious to see where the next guy goes. And honestly, I'm all for the AFC West just becoming like an absolute powerhouse. So I hope somehow some big name goes to that conference in the next, in the next week or so. Yeah, good. I'm glad we're on the same page. I mean, I think that Baker Mayfield, it looks like, would probably be like the next, like a big guy to fall to, as well as any of the free agents we mentioned, like Fournette, Bobby Wagner, even Stephon Gilmore, we didn't mention. But possibly, I mean, James Bradbury, maybe not as big of a name. I know he's a giant, though, but they've been looking to deal him, shed his salary, maybe another possible one. I know Vegas was a spot that he was definitely rumored to go to. Patrick Graham, his former defensive coordinator. So, again, that would work for. AFC West, as long as it's getting stronger, we're happy over here at the Deep Ball. But that's going to do it for today's episode. Be sure to check us out on the Instagram at the Deep Ball underscore. Take care, everybody. Have a good one.